Welcome to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast, where we provide revolutionary training materials to individuals, healing practitioners, leaders, and influencers globally. Your kingdom destiny awaits, and it all begins with a mindset. Well, hello and welcome to the fourth episode in our five-part series on having the attitude or the mindset of Christ as is described in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. So in episode one of this second season, I laid out the groundwork for how we, as the church, can find significant freedom and healing by adopting the attitude in which Christ had during his life here on the earth. As we read these verses in Philippians chapter 2, we can discern that there are four main and life-altering characteristics that describe how Jesus lived his life, and they are submission, being a servant, suffering, and sacrifice. Let me read the scripture and then we'll dive in. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on a cross." So today I'll be explaining the role suffering has in our lives and why it's necessary to have the right attitude or the mindset about why we suffer in order to live a victorious and even joyful life here on the earth. Now, before you turn the show off, please know I have a great compassion and heartfelt empathy for the suffering of others. I'm not trying to minimize it. I will not make light of it, ever. Everyone's pain is real and significant to them in their own way. In fact, as a professional counselor, I would often cry more than my clients would in their session. As they would tell me about their life circumstances or childhood experiences, I could literally feel their pain and I would travail spiritually on their behalf. Suffering or pain of every kind, mental, emotional, or physical, is not anyone's favorite topic, but it is a fact of life. If you are a mother, counselor, pastor, nurse, doctor, police officer, teacher, bartender, hairstylist, and pretty much any other role as a healer, you know that people of all ages, from children to the elderly, we all need a place to talk about our pain and suffering and then hopefully receive a word of comfort or a sympathetic hug in order that we might feel the human camaraderie that we're all in this battle of life together. Suffering is a common thread throughout every race and nationality. No matter our age, sex, or profession, we all suffer. So, is it possible that there is more to know about why suffering exists in this world? And, If we must suffer, is there such a thing as doing it well? And what does the Bible say? Well, it says in Romans 5, 3 that we are to rejoice in our suffering. I cannot tell you how many times my clients or those that I was spiritually mentoring would ask me, if God is good and he loves us so much, why does he let people suffer? Especially people who 
love him in return and they're trying to do good onto others. Why not just let the, quote, bad people suffer? The answer to this question is not short or simple, but there is an answer. I have to tell you, it really bothers me when well-known Christians, pastors, or sometimes Christian movies portray that there's no answer to this question. You might hear them give an explanation such as, I don't know why God allows bad things to happen to good people, but we must continue to trust him and know that he is good. I'm sorry, but that's a horrible answer, and it does not bring comfort to people nor will it inspire their faith. Bad things happen to everyone. Whether we try to judge ourselves or others by putting people ethically or behaviorally into categories of good or bad, or that in our supreme human wisdom, we would deem some people worthy of suffering, some more than others. But the truth is, we live in a fallen world. This is not heaven. And whether you try to be good or not, does not spare you from a life that will include some suffering. The day Adam and Eve sinned, the earth was cursed. Jesus lived and died to become the curse, freeing those who choose to put their faith in him, who, through this act of faith and surrender, will receive a life everlasting in heaven someday. But... While we are here on this earth, we are exposed to people who literally have evil intent. Some will be so evil they will take the life of another human being. Some will sexually abuse a child or assault a grown man or woman, most likely because someone had done it to them first, therefore sinning out of their own wounded soul. Sometimes people will suffer because of their environment, such as having an unhealthy or dysfunctional family, or living without proper food or housing. A lot of suffering is self-induced, such as addictions or suffering from a disease caused by smoking or extended drug use. Others might die of cancer or because one of their internal organs failed. And tragically, some will die very young due to a birth defect or even unknown reasons. And then there are others who are quite innocent and will still unintentionally hurt or offend other people. All of these types of sufferings and so many others that I'm not mentioning are all consequences of living in a fallen world full of broken people who are all susceptible to a great deal of demonic influence. Satan is the prince of this world, and he and his evil army do not take a day off. Satan is very strategic in his attacks, and it is one of his favorite ways to make people doubt God's goodness and even abandon their faith altogether by making them blame God for their suffering deceiving them into not putting the responsibility on the real enemy that is causing it. God did not want this for his people. In the beginning, he created a paradise and wanted a family to live with him there. But Adam and Eve blew it. Tempted by Satan and following through with sin from their own selfish nature, from their own flesh, and Before you go hating on and blaming them for your current pain, guess what? Humankind continues to sin out of the demands of their flesh. 
For most of us, we can cause a great deal of our own suffering. And this is due to our sinful or selfish choices. For most of us, we can cause a great deal of our own suffering due to the sinful or selfish choices that we make. It's quite convicting and even humbling if you allow the Holy Spirit to show you the truth in these life circumstances that are causing you so much pain. Are you a part of making those choices? But God, God so loved you that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross so that you could be redeemed, so that you could live in heavenly places in your mind and in your spirit here and now, even before you go to heaven. Jesus became the gateway so that you could have an intimate relationship with Father God here on the earth and then dwell in his magnificent presence for all of eternity when you do finally go home to heaven. Then there will be no more suffering, no more tears, and you will receive a completely healed and glorious body. How wonderful will that be? But that is not this time. For now, we co-suffer with Christ because it is part of being human in a very broken and dark world. Another truth that should be spoken in answering this question about why does God allow suffering is to review the life of Christ. God loved his son. He loved his son in a way that is simply unimaginable to us. And yet, how much did Christ suffer? Not just physically in the hours leading up to his crucifixion, but in daily life. He grew up and had all of the human experiences of childhood being a teenager and then a young adult, and we all know there's plenty of suffering in each of those life stages. And then it's unknown to us exactly what age his father Joseph died, but in that event he would have been very emotionally upset. And then because Jesus was the oldest, he would have had to take on the place as the man of the house for his mother and siblings. And let us not forget, he began his ministry by fasting for 40 days in the desert. And we complain about missing a meal or two or grumble that there aren't any good snacks in the pantry. Jesus suffered from many accusations and lies that were told about him by the religious leaders at that time. He was rejected by his own family. His own hometown said that they couldn't believe that he would be the Messiah He was betrayed by one of his best friends. He emotionally suffered to the point of sweating blood in the garden. And then, and only then, did he endure the most horrific physical suffering leading up to his death on the cross, all of which he did for us. Can we just meditate on that for a moment? As Philippians chapter 2 reminds us, Jesus gave up his perfect life in heaven, to come to earth. That alone is a sacrifice and a suffering most of us could never comprehend. We simply have no idea what we are missing, just how wonderful heaven really is. But Jesus did, and he left there to come here, to this mass of a world, and then suffer 33 long years so that we could be made righteous by his death and resurrection? If Jesus demonstrated such love 
through the many ways he suffered. What might be a spiritual message that each of us as Christians, as mere human beings, what must we come to understand about suffering? First of all, if Jesus suffered, then it was purposeful. And we are to follow in his footsteps in every way. Second, if God loved Jesus like we know he did, that he was literally a part of him here on the earth, and Father God allowed that suffering, then God suffered too. For those of you who are married and have children, you know how much it hurts you to watch those that you love suffer. It hurts you more than if you were the one suffering, doesn't it? I cannot even imagine how much our Heavenly Father was grieved and suffered as he watched his one and only son, Jesus, go through so many painful experiences. Please know this is truth. Keep this in your mind the next time Satan tries to trick you into believing that you should be mad at God for letting you suffer. Your Heavenly Daddy's big, protective, Papa Bear heart is breaking with compassion for you. He is grieved by your suffering. But would he allow you to suffer in similar ways as Jesus in order that kingdom destinies would be birthed and sovereign plans and orders would come into place? To ensure that we stay free mentally and spiritually, we must be so surrendered in our relationship with the Father that even if we cannot make sense of every bad thing or every moment of pain that we endure, that we would not only continue to trust him and believe that he is good, but we would be expectant that he is using that pain for our good, for the good of our loved ones, and for the overall advancement of God's kingdom. Although you might observe that some people seem to suffer in varying degrees, Try to put yourself in the shoes of others. Is their pain not just as real as yours? And could you acknowledge that God gives a certain grace to those who endure what you could not imagine living through? And perhaps you are the one suffering in a way that others perceive as unbearable, and yet the Lord somehow sustains you. Have this attitude about pain and suffering because it is Christ-like. Have great compassion and empathy for others in their suffering. Allow your heart to go there. I know it might hurt, and vulnerability opens us up to being even more wounded. But Jesus was the most compassionate and empathetic person to have ever lived. And we are called to carry the burdens of others and to show love and comfort to those who suffer, just as we have suffered. Compassion and co-suffering with others are two of the greatest displays of being like Jesus, and they are a sign of emotional and spiritual maturity. You might be thinking at this point, man, this woman has really hit me hard with this topic of suffering. Are we not supposed to live free and have a more abundant life as Christians? Well, the answer is yes, and that is my greatest passion in life, is to bring healing and transformation to those in bondage through having a renewed mind of Christ. But 
in my 20 year experience as a mental health professional, I would say no other issue in life causes people more mental, emotional, and physical dysfunction. And it's the most detrimental spiritual bondage than not understanding or embracing Christ-like suffering. As a person rebels against this idea of suffering of any kind, it can cause them undue anger, resentment, frustration. People today seek to have constant comfort and they will stuff, cover up, or medicate every bit of pain. Every single type of addiction out there, from food, alcohol, drugs, being a workaholic, pornography, sex, shopping, or gambling, they all come from a place of trying to soothe suffering in a way it wasn't meant to be soothed. And if this process of experiencing and then running away from suffering happens long enough, eventually people will reject the belief that God is good or they will question if he's real at all. Now based on their false doctrine that a loving God wouldn't let good people suffer. And then, what is the definition of good? One sin? Twenty sins? Where is the line that causes someone to cross over into being the person who deserves to suffer? Jesus taught this important lesson to the Pharisees when they presented him with a woman who committed adultery. And Jesus said, let the man who has no sin throw the first stone. None of us have the right, nor should we have the heart that we would desire for another human being to suffer. That is not Jesus's heart. He has grace and mercy for everyone, even those who caused him suffering. And we must have the same mindset in order to live a life of freedom, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. One of the most heartbreaking things I witnessed in my counseling practice is how many people would hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness due to the pain they had endured in their life. Either they were mad at God, someone specific who had hurt or offended them, or they were holding themselves in contempt and condemnation for the mistakes they had made, which were now causing difficult life circumstances as a result. Not only is a person with unforgiveness and bitterness not very pleasant to be around, but these ungodly agreements that they're making are also causing their mental illness. They cause relationship problems and often many different physical ailments come from self-unforgiveness and bitterness, thereby intensifying their suffering. Meanwhile, Satan just sits back and enjoys the cycle of blaming and suffering created in the lives of God's people by each other and by these false beliefs, false doctrines. So I would give you this challenge today. Align your mind with Christ and accept that suffering is a part of life. Do not wallow in it or invite more of it. That will not make you more holy. But when suffering comes, now it is for a reason and a purpose. Ask God what that is and be persistent and listen for his voice. He will answer you or show you in his timing. And if you are holding on to any judgments, resentments, bitterness, or unforgiveness for the people who have caused you to suffer, including yourself, forgive and release those feelings today. Let your soul be healed by Jesus through the power of having a renewed mind. And finally, 
Repent to God for ever blaming him or being angry with him for allowing pain and suffering in your life. It's okay if you didn't understand why suffering happened before now. Perhaps you believed he was punishing you somehow. That is a lie. So simply ask him to forgive you, for he is right and just and faithful to forgive all of our sins and restore us to righteousness if we simply confess. As is with every single area of struggle in our lives, the answer to being healed, finding freedom in your mind, and the key to receiving fresh fire to prevail another day happens in the quiet embrace of the Lord. Seek him, be quiet with him, and he will give you all that you need in your times of suffering. Just as we see in the life of Jesus, we are to rejoice in our suffering as our victories will bring a message of healing and freedom to the lives of others. And when you adjust your mindset about your suffering to align with Christ, it will bring you one step closer to living a life in unity with him. So join me next week as we wrap up this five-part series of The Mind of Christ with an episode entitled The Sweet Fragrance of Sacrifice. A more in-depth teaching of many of the concepts discussed in today's show can be found in my book, It's Time for a Revolution, which is a compilation of the insights and real-life miracles that took place during my time as a mental health professional and in my personal journey with Jesus. To order the book and also check out some of my other resources, including a free download of Bible verses based on finding the joy in suffering, these can all be found on my website, www.kingdommindset.global. Thanks for listening today. Be blessed in your mind and in your spirit. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mindset Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today's teaching, I would just invite you to subscribe to the show and then share it with others to bring healing and transformation to the lives of those around you.